going on guys welcome on back to second and short i'm your host tyler louder it's been a while but you know what we're back so let's talk about some more season predictions now if you've been checking us out on tiktok kind of scroll back through i've been giving you guys all nine of my nfl predictions for individual awards i also dropped each afc team's season prediction and in this episode we're going to break down the nfc for those of you watching on YouTube, you're going to be able to see a graphic of each team's schedule and kind of see exactly who they're going to beat and lose to. And I'm going to kind of go over why and all these other situations. Now, if you're listening to just on audio, you know, whether it's it's on speaker, it's on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever it is, be sure to check out Google for some more in-depth visual action here. Also, swing on over to TikTok where you can see daily videos, daily content, and kind of see a a breakdown of each team that we're going to talk about in minute versions. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump on in to the list. Now we're going to go in alphabetical order, starting with just like a random division and alphabetical order brings us to Arizona, which is the first team in all the NFL. And with Arizona being first, that means we're going to dive into the NFC West. In my eyes, this is the best division in all of football, the toughest division to get out of a division that potentially could provide us with four playoff teams but let's talk about the arizona cardinals first for all you cardinal fans out there Kyler murray is fantastic he's moving on up but i don't think he's there enough to actually be like a top tier guy i think the problem with a lot of nfl fans is that we kind of uh merge the you know the thoughts of fantasy dynasty world with real life nfl and yes he makes big plays he puts up a lot of fantasy points however i don't think he has that clutch factor in to get some wins something's got to kick for this arizona team now, they went and got guys that if this was 2015, 2014, it'd be fantastic. Holy cow, send these guys to the Super Bowl. A.J. Green, fantastic in his prime. J.J. Watt, fantastic in his prime. Injuries have piled up on these guys. They're going to be really good options for them to help them out. But we did see the replacement of losing a young guy on the rise, Hassan Riddick, is going to have a huge impact for this Cardinals team. Now, if you're following along on YouTube, you can kind of see the graphic here of where I think the Cardinals are going to go. For those of you listening, I think they're going to go 7-10. and and I'm going to kind of go over their schedule where I got them going. I mean, they're going to open the season losing to Tennessee. They're going to go at home, win against Minnesota on the road against Jacksonville. Then on a hard three-game road losses with losing to the Rams, 49ers, Cleveland before getting back on track against Houston. However, it gets worse still. It's a terrible eight-game stretch where they have to play Green Bay, San Francisco again, Carolina, and Seattle. All before their bye. That week 12 bye is going to seem so far away. I have them literally starting three and eight. Seems bad, but they're going to turn around late season as they kind of did before. But, I mean, they've struggled to beat teams like Carolina in the past. They've struggled against teams like Detroit in the past. That's an issue. If you can't beat the bad teams in the NFL, you can't be a playoff team. Coming off their bye week, they're going to beat Chicago, lose to the Rams, beat Detroit and Indy, lose to Dallas before taking one from Seattle. That, spoiler, kind of going ahead, that's going to cost Seattle the divisional win. Now, back with me here, 7-10. and 10. It seems like a downgrade in season. However, this division is so difficult that realistically, Arizona could be the best team in this division if they beat their divisional matchups. I have them sitting at one and five in their division. We're not getting a win till week 18. Now, if they can turn that around and go five and one in the division, they're going to win 10, 11 games this season and be a playoff team. Now, moving on to the next team alphabetically. As you can kind of see here on YouTube, here's our graphic. We're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Rams. So as you're listening, join on in. I have the Rams going 13 and four. I have them being the number one seed in the NFC. Here's the big thing. They have fantastic defense. 
really good offensive line, a run game that's supposed to take a step forward with Cam Akers, who everybody loves and believes in, and a really good one and two receivers in Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. This group is going to be able to put together lots of points. And what did they do to get better? Well, the most progressive thing you can do if you're not winning the Super Bowl, and that's get better at the most important position, the quarterback. Jared Goff, I get it. He's younger. I get it. He's been to the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford is a better quarterback in every single way of the word quarterback. He's going to be able to make big plays with this offense. And we saw Matt Stafford compete with teams like Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, when they were top-tier teams, and they're making the playoffs. He's put up 30 points on these teams with nobody around him. Now he comes on in. He's going to get protected. He's not going to get sacked. He's going to get sacked like 20 less times this season. He's going to have a good run game to rely on. He's going to have good receivers to throw back on. And here's the best part. That defense for the Rams is so good that they might not even have to touch 30 points in a game to win. Now onto their schedule. Let's look at this graphic. I have them starting 4-0, beating Chicago, Indy, Tampa Bay, and Arizona. I think they're going to lose on the road to Seattle and then kind of get surprised by the Giants in like a trap game because they're going to be looking forward to that nice little cruise they got, which is, you know, they got Detroit, Houston, and then they're going to beat Tennessee and San Francisco, go into the bye week at 8-2. and two. And then they're going to meet Green Bay coming off a bye. They're going to be in Lambeau. I don't, I mean, Matt Stafford's ready for it, but I don't know if the rest of the Rams are ready for it. And Green Bay is a good team. When it's November, December, they're good in the snow. They're good in Lambeau. Uh, they're going to beat Jacksonville, Arizona, Seattle, Minnesota, lose to Baltimore, and then finish the season with that win against San Francisco. And thanks to Arizona, they're going to take the division at 13-4. and four. Look for Matt Stafford to be on the short list for MVPs for 2021. Now, moving on down to the next team, and that is the Seattle Seahawks, a team that I have going 12-5. and five. Let's go ahead and take a look at why this team is going to go 12-5. and five. Russell Wilson is fantastic for the first eight games. Everybody says, right? It, it's, it's MVP chat. It's, oh my God, this guy, he's ready to go. Let's push him forward. And then he kind of falls off. Well, it's not because Russell Wilson's playing bad. Like his play action's still good. His ability to roll out, create plays. He's a big playmaker. He's able to find receivers that break off their routes and kind of come back towards him. And everybody's able to make big plays. Tyler Lockett's fantastic. DK Metcalf's getting better every year. And on top of that, if Chris Carson's healthy, you know, Penny's going to be there. We'll see what's going to happen with that run game. Uh, they've made moves like getting Gabe Jackson on the offensive line to kind of get better, but that's the key there. Russell Wilson's been sacked more than any other quarterback over the past 10 years since he's been in the NFL. And I know a lot of people are like, well, San Francisco's healthy and Arizona's got younger guys and like, you know, Seattle's kind of maybe not there and everything. Here's the thing. Since Russell Wilson's been the ultimate starter playing all 16 games of a season, Seattle's never finished worse than either first or second in their division. Simple as that. A bad year for them is going 10 and 6 second in division. Well, this year, they're going to go 12 and 5. Let's jump on in. I have them losing their first two games against Indian Tennessee, two teams that I think are going to make the playoffs in 2021. But then they're going to go on a hot streak, winning eight games in a row, nine games in a row, pardon me, beating Minnesota, San Francisco, the Rams, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Jacksonville before their bye. They're going to come off that bye, and they're going to do something that their counterparts, the Rams, couldn't do, and they're going to beat Green Bay. Then they're going to beat Arizona, the Washington football team, Lose San Francisco, stomp Houston, lose the Rams, and then finish 2-1 in their last three games against Chicago and Detroit before falling, as I already preluded to, Arizona in that final game. 12-5 is realistic. Now, they could fall to 9-7. This is a real thing. Or 9-8. Sorry. 9-8. 17 games. We all got to get used to it. But I just think 
Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, they're too good to not make the playoffs. Could be a surprise. Maybe I'm like letting recency bias, but I mean, as long as Russell Wilson's been a starting quarterback, they've been a top two team in their division. Now, finishing us off is the San Francisco 49ers, a team that was, it's, it almost seems like it's unreal. It almost seems like you literally simulated the preseason on Madden, and then you turned on week one and be like, I wonder who's hurt and everything. And like half your team certainly like, what happened? I'm never playing with injuries before I sim my preseason ever. And that's kind of what happened in 2020. The 49ers were hurt all over the place. I mean, quarterback, running back, receivers weren't playing. Offensive line, kind of okay, but they're pass rushers, they're linebackers, they're cornerbacks. Everybody's getting hurt. What is it? I mean, we kind of thought Philly had an issue a couple years ago with everybody getting hurt. They couldn't get receivers healthy. Nobody could actually play for them. But maybe San Francisco also has something bad in the water. Now, this team's going to get healthy. They're going to return. But here's the problem with all that. Just because you're healthy and you're returning doesn't mean you're going to be better. Having two years away from playing a full 16 games for any player is a huge thing. And now you have to play 17 games. Now, I do have them improving. They made a huge move, jumping all the way to number three to get Trey Lance. And if you've seen my video on TikTok here, kind of go back. Trey Lance gave him an offensive rookie of the year. I'm going to stand by it. Maybe it's bias. I live in the Midwest. North Dakota's right above me. But I think it's true. It's going to happen. And I have them going nine and eight. So let's jump on into their schedule. Now, Jimmy G might start the season as a starting quarterback. Trey Lance could also do it. I think either way, they're going to be in a good position because they have a good offensive line, really good weapons everywhere. I mean, Trey Sermon's supposed to be a nice little, having a nice little camp or whatever practices they got going on. He's kind of standing out among all rookies. Debo and Brandon Ayuk are going to step forward. And also, oh yeah, they got this guy named George Kittle, who is, uh, I don't know, a beast. But let's go ahead and take a look at their schedule. Now, I have them starting off with two wins. Thankfully, the NFL gifted them the Detroit Lions, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, they play two teams that are at the bottom of the NFL on the road, and they can start a season that way. They get two road games out of the way, two worst teams, two wins. However, they run into Green Bay and Seattle back-to-back after that. Then they're going to beat Arizona, and they have a dreadful Week 6 bye, a really early bye. For a team that's injury-ridden, this might not be a good thing. And they're going to come back, and they're going to lose to Indy Chicago before beating Arizona for a second time, losing to the Rams, then they're going to beat Jacksonville, Minnesota, Seattle, lose to Cincinnati, Atlanta, beat Tennessee, Houston, and lose to the Rams in the final game of the season as the Rams are trying to lock up that number one seed. Nine and eight. It's still a huge improvement. And again, this division is so competitive, so good, that I have them losing to the Rams both times. They could split those games and win 10 wins this season. Realistically, it depends on how well Jimmy G holds onto his job or Trey Lance picks up this offense and runs with it early on. Now, continuing on, going alphabetically, let's go ahead and jump into the NFC South, where the next team alphabetically hits us with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, I think, are a team that could win more games than I'm going to project for them. And the reason why is because Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, and newly acquired Kyle Pitts. I don't know if you guys heard, Kyle Pitts is, is a tight end for the Atlanta Falcons. He went number four overall, and um, he's a Hall of Famer already. It's, it's fantastic. He's an all-pro. He's going to make Pro Bowls every year. He's fantastic. I mean, he did have double-digit touchdowns with Kyle Trash at Trask, sorry, Trask at quarterback in Florida. And this offense looks good. I mean, Mike Davis is going to be uh, not really younger, Todd Gurley, because he's about the same age, if not older. Uh, but he's going to be a revived, less rundown running back. Here's the issue that I have with Atlanta, is that their defense is going to put them in situations where they're going to be forced to score 35 points a game. 
Now, can this Atlanta Falcons team score 30-plus points a game? Yeah, absolutely. Matt Ryan can drop 35 on you like nothing. Matt Ryan can have five passing touchdowns in the first three quarters, going to the fourth, 35-28. to 28. Problem is, the defense is not good enough to hold on to leads. The problem is, the defense is not good enough to prevent teams from scoring a lot of points. And when your defense can't hold people from scoring points, and when they can't get teams off the field because your run defense is average at best, you're going to get run down, you're going to get tired, and you're going to have the other team's offense on the field longer. If that's the case, there's only so many times that Matt Ryan in this offense can outduel and outscore other teams. And the schedule doesn't really favor them this year. I have Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Carolina all finishing better than them this year. Because I think they're going to be better competitive teams that have decent to a average, or sorry, that have average to good to great defenses. And with that paired with pretty okay offense against a bad Atlanta defense, Atlanta's not going to do so well this year. Now, jumping on the schedule, I have Atlanta going 7-10. and 10. I have them beating Philly, losing to Tampa, beating the Giants. And they're going to lose to Washington. 2-2, two and two, beat the Jets, go into their bye, 3-2. and two. It looks great for them, right? However, they run into this bad schedule of playing the AFC East, three teams that I think are going to do really well. If you checked out my AFC prediction video, click the link top above if you're listening here on YouTube. Uh, if you're not listening on YouTube and you're on any other audio-only viewing, Go ahead and go back and listen to my last podcast about my AFC predictions. And I think all teams in the AFCs have a chance to make the playoffs, 10 plus win teams. But they're going to be on the road against Miami. They're going to lose to Carolina on the road to New Orleans. Then they're going to beat Dallas, but then they get New England, who I think is going to be better and improve this year, wildcard team. And that's four, out of, four losses out of five games. It's going to put them in a hole. Now they're going to beat Jacksonville. But again, I have them losing to Tampa Bay, Carolina again. Beating San Francisco, Detroit, losing to Buffalo, losing to New Orleans in week 18. Now, if you kind of saw, if you're following along with this trend, I have them going 0-6 in the division. That's the key there. I think all those teams have just as good of an offense, if not better, matching parallel-wise to the Atlanta Falcons' defense. Now, Atlanta could obviously outscore some of these teams. Defense could step up, get some turnovers. 7-10 and is where I have them going. Now, if they can step up, have better defensive play, kind of finish in like 18-17 range on defensive points and yards allowed, this Atlanta team could surprise some people and be the last wildcard team in 2021. Going on to the Carolina Panthers, a team that I have being a surprise seven seed wildcard in 2021. Now, all this could go wrong. Sam Darnold, ultimate hype, ultimate potential, right? We think Sam Darnold has a chance to be better than he's ever been. He wasn't that great in college, to be honest. Turnover machine, kind of. He wasn't that great with the Jets, turnover machine, kind of. But then again... USC is a shell of who they used to be. The Jets are, unfortunately, not run by Rex Ryan. They're not coached by him. And say what you want about him, but he had those teams stacked on defense and not turning over the ball on offense. But Sam Darnold leaves the New York Jets a broken kid and matures into a young man with the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he's got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Uh, you know, he's got a better offensive line than they Carolina had last year. And... Uh, did I mention you've got Christian McCaffrey coming back? If you peeped Saturday's pot, uh, if you peeped Saturday's TikTok, I talk about Christian McCaffrey being the offensive player of the year. In 2018, Christian McCaffrey set a record by receiving rushing, or sorry, by receptions by a running back, only to then break his own record in 2019 with more receptions. He was the thousand thousand back. 
that we don't see this often anymore in the NFL, and he's going to do it again in 2021. I mean, Sam Darnold's going to have a field day. What does he got to do 20 times a game? Here you go, Christian. You got it. Hand it to you. Oh, man, I'm about to get, oh, I'm going to get sacked again. I'm scared. These ghosts or whatever that we're still going to meme about and joke about. All right, little, little dump off to Christian McCaffrey. You're on the outside. Do your work. Give me that yak. Pile up those yards. I threw for one yard. Christian, go get me 20. And that's what's going to happen. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson are going to be great. Terrence Marshall is going to look good. I mean, Shai Smith is, is emerging as maybe a number three for them. David Moore has big play potential, touchdown potential for them. And they went on and got Dan Arnold, who is a touchdown machine as well. And they drafted Tommy Tremble, who is a blocking tight end, a fantastic blocking tight end. And I think the fact this offensive line got better is huge news for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, yeah, their defense went from 31st to like 18th overall in the NFL, mainly because they drafted seven rookies in a row. And then what do they do in the first round? They draft J.C. Horn. Yeah, that's right. Joe Horn's younger son. That's right. Yeah, Joe Horn's son. He's no longer a Saint anymore. He's a Carolina Panthers fan now. And they went and established a need, which is getting another cornerback after let James Bradbury, after they foolishly let James Bradbury fly off to New York. And now this defense, if they take another step forward, which I think they will, Brian Burns, defensive breakout player of the year. I think adding Denzel Perriman at middle linebacker is a fantastic move. They can't get much worse than middle linebacker. And I think the fact they're going to improve with, you know, J.C. Horn there. I think Jeremy Chin's going to take another step forward and potentially earn an all-pro nod. Carolina's going to go 10-7. and seven. Kind of stretched out a little long. I'm a Panthers fan. Sorry, I'm going to talk about a little more. Let's go over their schedule. They're going to start 3-1 and one in their first four games. 4-1, and one actually, in the first five. And really, they could start 5-0, and 6-0, oh, 8-0, oh, oh, potentially. Let's talk about why. They get the Jets. They're going to beat the Jets. Then they get the Saints at home. Then they get to go on the road to Houston. And then they go to Dallas, which I think Dallas can be better this year. And then they're going to beat Philly in week five, lose to Minnesota, beat the Giants, Atlanta, lose to New England, beat the Cardinals football team, lose to Miami before the terrible week 13 bye. The only reason week 13 bye is not bad is if your team is healthy. But otherwise, it's a terrible bye. Carolina's been getting late bye weeks every year for the past like five, six years, it seems like. Coming off the bye, they're going to beat Atlanta, but then they're going to lose three games in a row to Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans, which is going to put them in a terrible spot to potentially miss the playoffs. They're sitting at 9-7 and seven on the season, but thankfully, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have already locked up the division. They've already seen that the Rams are a game ahead of them. They own the tiebreaker, so they can't jump ahead of them. The best they can do is finish second in the NFC. So Tampa Bay rests some guys. they got a lot of older guys there, 32-plus. And Carolina gets a win. 10-7 and seven gets that final playoff spot. Look for Sam Donald to step up his play, projectedly. Christian McCaffrey to return to form and be even better. And this receiving core to be fantastic. Also, this defense is going to take another step forward. Hassan Riddick on one side. Brian Burns on the other side. Really good defensive tackles. Derek Brown's going to make another progress step up. He's not appreciated enough as a defensive tackle. And their second unit and third unit on those lines from defensive line, linebacking core to defensive backs are going to be better. And I'd like... If Carolina's defense improves from 18 to 14, Carolina's going to win 10 games in 2021. Now, moving on, I talked too long about them, and I'm sorry. If you're an NFC fan and you're an NFC South fan, I know it sucks. You don't want to hear about these guys. But let's talk about the New Orleans Saints now, a team you do want to hear about if you're a Saints fan. Losing Drew Brees is going to be a culture change, a culture shock for you. And you're going to have to rely on either Jameis Winston, the meme, the walking meme that he is, or Taysom Hill the potentially walking laughingstock, the joke that everybody says he's not a quarterback. Either way, though, I think this offense, this whole defense is too good 
to miss the playoffs in 2021. I mean, Jameis Winston, looking cross-eyed, bad vision, went 30-30, and led the league in passing yards and touchdowns back in 2019. And yeah, sure, he threw 30 interceptions, but Brett Favre threw a lot of interceptions. And what the Packers do? Make the playoffs a lot. If Tampa's defense was any better, that Tampa Bay team that he played on in 2019 would have won more than seven games. I mean, that defense that we see nowadays in Tampa Bay was not the same in 2019. Let's say Jameis Winston's starting quarterback. I have the Saints sitting here winning 10 games on the season, having a tie with Carolina potentially getting that sixth seed. I think Jameis Winston could easily throw for 25 touchdowns on the season and 18 interceptions. And to me, that's a huge success. And we just cut back his touchdowns by five. We cut back his interceptions by 12. That's a lot of field position changes. I mean, if those 12 interceptions, half of those ended field goals, that's another 18 points in the season. That changes games. Now, let's jump into the schedule. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this graphic here. I have them losing three games in a row. Mind you, I have them going 10 and 7. But they're going to lose three games in a row, and then they're going to finish the season 10 and 4. They're going to lose to Green Bay, Carolina, New England out the bat. However, they're going to beat the Giants and Washington heading into a bye before they lose at Seattle as well. Then they're going to win four games in a row, besting Tampa, Atlanta, Tennessee, and Philly as well. Lose to Buffalo because if you saw in the AFC video, Buffalo's going to go 15 and 2. They potentially can go undefeated. I think Buffalo is going to be fantastic in 2021. Before they beat the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Jets. They're going to lose Tampa Bay and Miami, but then they're going to get the revenge and beat Carolina at home. And then in week 18, they're going to beat the Atlanta Falcons to kind of send the Falcons into the top 10 of the draft and overtake this tiebreaker for Carolina with their two consecutive wins. They have a better divisional record against them, and I think that's going to be the key here for them moving forward. Look for the New Orleans Saints to still be a playoff team with a brand new identity and culture that Sean Payton is going to recreate in 2021. And finally, for the NFC South, let's talk about the defending Super Bowl champions. Let's talk about the Tampa Brady Buccaneers, Tampa Bay. And this team, I think, is going to go 12-5. and The reason why they're going to go 12-5, and let's fast forward. They're going to lose in Week 18. They're going to let Carolina win because they've already got the playoffs locked up. they got the two-seed locked up. Nothing they can do. I have them losing five games, and they're going to lose to five playoff teams. Now, they're going to beat Dallas, Atlanta, then lose to the Rams which is going to be the ultimate tiebreaker on them not getting the one seed. They're going to beat New England, Miami, Philly, Chicago before they lose to New Orleans and then go on their bye week. Coming off their bye week, still going to be some mojo. Everybody's going to be dogging them. They're going to fall on ESPN's power rankings and lose the Washington football team, a really good defense. They're going to come back and beat the Giants, Indy, Atlanta before losing to Buffalo, best team in the NFL. And they're going to go on a three-game win streak against New Orleans, Carolina, and the Jets before ultimately losing to Carolina on a game that they just kind of throw away and give. Look for Tom Brady to secure his spot as the number two seed in the NFC. I mean, that week three game is so monumental. If, the Atlanta, if, if, if Tampa Bay is as good as we think they're going to be, returning all 22 starters, mind you. Like, I don't think anybody realizes how crazy that is. Like, repeating Super Bowl wins has happened numerous times. Numerous times. Going, making all pros multiple years in a row, being... You know, lead the league in passing yards or rushing yards or receiving yards has happened before. Leading the league in sacks, that's happened before. But returning all 22 starters doesn't happen. Guys get greedy. You win a Super Bowl. Why'd you win a Super Bowl? Because I was there. I was that man. I was that playmaker. You see me in the Super Bowl? I made some big plays. I'm a free agent. I'm going to go cash in. I'm going to stay. That's fantastic. And that unprecedented nature is going to lead Tampa Bay still being successful in 2021. However, that week three loss is going to be maybe the biggest game of the year. Up until the playoffs, 
is going to set the tone for what the NFC is going to look like going forward. We think the Buccaneers are going to be fantastic. We think the Rams are going to be fantastic. If that's the case, they're going to collide and somebody's got to win. I got the Rams taking it here. Look for Tampa Bay to be number two seed in the NFC and be on their way to another deep playoff run. Alrighty, let's jump on into the NFC North. We're going to kind of speed on this a little bit more and everything, but Chicago Bears, alphabetical, right? I got them going nine and eight. Now, Chicago Bears, they got Justin Fields. They traded on up. They mortgaged their future. They gave it all away. Justin Fields. Now, apparently, he's on board. Everybody's saying Andy Dalton's the quarterback one for now. And sure, that's fine, whatever. We saw what Andy Dalton was able to do in Dallas, and that was nothing. He couldn't do jack shit. Sorry, he couldn't. Like, that offense, with, we'll talk about it a little later, but that offense of Dak Prescott was scoring almost 30 points a game. With Andy Dalton, they were scoring barely 20. That's a problem. And now he goes to a, a team that is not as talented offensively. Their run blocking isn't as good. Their running back isn't as good when healthy. And their receiving core isn't as deep as it was in Dallas. And we think Andy Dalton's going to be the guy to lead this Bears. It's not going to happen. I think by week four, Justin Fields is going to be a starter, and here's why. Let's jump into the graphic. Allen Robinson's fantastic. I love the guy. I think he's QB-proof. doesn't matter who his quarterback is. And when he gets Justin Fields throwing in the ball, it'll be the best quarterback he will ever have throwing the ball for him. Yes, I know, Blake Bortles. But Darnell Moon is going to take a step up. We like David Montgomery. He's going to be good. Cole Komet's going to take a step up. Good offensive line. Jimmy Graham's still there. Tarek Cohen's going to be healthy. Really good defense. Khalil Mack potentially could stick his case. You know, come on back and be a defensive player of the year. But Chicago starts off on a terribly difficult schedule. They're going to lose to the Rams in week one on the road. Sure, they come back and play Cincinnati, but that Cincinnati team's got some playmakers all over the place. And if Burrow's hitting on all cylinders, Jamar Chase jumps on up and he's ready to go. Joe Mixon's healthy. That could cause him to be some issues. Sure, they might pull out the game late and beat them. But then what's their reward? Week three, flying over to Cleveland and play against the number two, number three, best team in the AFC. And I think by that situation, they're going to lose two out of three games, start one and two, and they're going to be like, they're going to panic. Because all of, all of Chicago is banking on Justin Fields to be the guy to save their jobs. Simple as that. That's why you make that move. If Andy Dolan's your guy, realistically, you don't make that big trade. So here's what we're going to do. Justin Fields is going to step out week four against Detroit, maybe the best team on their entire schedule to go against. They're going to beat Detroit. They're going to beat the Raiders. They're going to beat Green Bay in a huge surprise. They're going to lose Tampa Bay, but then they're going to beat San Francisco, beat Pittsburgh. Justin Fields is going to look great. He's literally going to be 5-1 as a starting quarterback going into the bye. Problem, though, is that Chicago is not a team that's going to hold strong and be able to fight too long. They could win a couple more games, but they're going to, you know, beat Baltimore coming off the bye. Surprise, right? Baltimore's in a, the trap game. However, it's all going to come crashing down because stuff happens in Chicago. And if you're a Bears fan, I'm sorry, but this is the truth. They're going to lose to Detroit. They're going to lose to Arizona. They're going to lose to Green Bay. They'll beat Minnesota, but they're going to lose to Seattle again. They're going to beat the Giants. And then in week 18, all you got to do is win this game, have Tampa Bay beat Carolina, and you're in the playoffs. And unfortunately, Minnesota's still going to beat them. And that's an issue. I mean, they have this patty cake, patty cake in a row of like road, road home road to start the season and to end the season. And it's going to be detrimental to them. I don't think the schedule lines up perfectly for them. They don't have a situation where they can kind of knock out a couple of road games in a way. It's just like a continuous alternation. 
Look at their schedule right here. You can see this graphic. It literally is road home, road home, road home. Road home, road by into home. So two in a row, I guess. But then it's road home, road home, road home, road. That has not happened. You can't build momentum. And yes, I know momentum is a fake thing created by our minds to say that teams are building this, this play style forward. And we're not actually acknowledging how coaches have kind of changed some stuff. But that stuff takes your toll when every week you're traveling back and forth and you can't stay home for multiple weeks in a row. Bears are going to go nine and eight. Justin Fields is going to look fantastic. He's going to be the short list for M for. He's going to be on the short list for offensive rookie of the year. But look for them to kind of fall short in 2021, going nine and eight. The Detroit Lions. Now, if you're a Lions fan and you listen to me, I am so sorry. Just like I talked about the Texans, it's not going to be much. Two and fifteen. They're going to beat Cincinnati Bengals in Week Six, and. And then in week 12, they're going to beat the Bears in a surprise game. Other than that, they're going to lose the rest of their games. I'm sorry. The Detroit Lions roster is depleted. It's depleted. And I think the fact that DeAndre Swift is a fantastic up-and-coming running back, they don't really have a good receiving core. I mean, we have guys like Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perryman that are going to be out there to, like, prove they've still got it. You know, hey, this is a prove-it deal for us. But really, it's going to be TJ Hawkinson. That's their guy. DeAndre Swift, that's their guy. Jamal Williams is going to be their guy. And I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to look fantastic for them in 2021, but he's a rookie. We can't expect too much from him. The defense is still not there. They need a leader on that defense. They need some playmakers in defensive backfield. They need some pass rushers. They don't get enough sacks. They don't have pressure in the run game. Unfortunately for you, if you're a Lions fan, you're not going to win that many games. But hold on a second. That's a good thing. You're going to have a high pick in 2021. You got Penny Sewell. That's a building block. Yeah, DeAndre Swift, building block. DJ Hawkinson, building block. Those things are good. In 2022, the draft, you guys are going to have like a top three pick again. Kind of building that, get some defensive players. Maybe get that elite pass rusher that you kind of just missed out on and Chase Young. Hopefully, Akuda takes another step forward, but ultimately, it's not your year. That's okay. You're going to be a battle. You're going to fight, but you're going to miss Matt Stafford. Now, let's go on and scroll on down to one more team in Green Bay Packers. Now, this Packers team is hard for me to judge. Because with Aaron Rodgers, they could win 14 games on the season. They really could. They've won 13 games the past couple of years. Without Rodgers, I think they're too good defensively, and they got too many guys. on the, the offensive line is fantastic. There's a reason why teams look great and they can have MVPs. Because the quarterback doesn't get sacked. Rodgers barely gets touched back there. He barely gets pressured back there. Because the offensive line is top five in the NFL. So if Rodgers is gone... Jordan Love, Teddy Bridgewater, if they trade Denver, Drew Locke, whatever, whoever's the quarterback there, I think will be successful enough to win nine to 10 games. So I'm going to put them at 11. Now, this is my only prediction that I'm not going to stick to and follow through and be confident in because, like I said, with Rodgers, they're a better team than I'm giving him here. Let's go and check a look at the graphic. I have them starting 5-0, and beating New Orleans, Detroit, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. They are going to lose Chicago. It's a divisional game, but they're going to come back and beat Washington and Arizona. This is where things are going to change for them because they have a really difficult schedule here where they have to play the AFC champions in Kansas City, uh, a really difficult team to kind of beat and gunsling against on Seattle, and then on the road against Minnesota, a team that plays them really well. Now, they're going to do something that I, I don't think many teams are going to do this year, and they're going to beat the Los Angeles Rams before their bye week. Uh, they're going to come back, beat Chicago, but then again, difficult schedule on the stretch where they have to go, they have to go against two AFC North competitors in Baltimore and Cleveland. They're going to lose in a row. They'll get that one back against Minnesota, and then they'll beat Detroit, finishing 11-6. and six. 
Still a really good season. Still good for the divisional win. However, Rodgers really determines how good this team can be. With or without him, they're a playoff team. With him, they're an NFC championship contender. Moving on to the Minnesota Vikings, last team in this division, and I have them going 7-10. and 10. Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. Sorry, Vikings fans. Most of you guys are wrong. The people that dog on him don't actually realize that Cousins has about 1.9 seconds to actually throw the ball. That's it. Now they went out, they invest in the offensive line. Good. Good for them. They still got playmakers. I mean, Justin Jefferson is a machine. Adam Thielen is a touchdown god. Those numbers are going to fall down. I mean, 14 receiving touchdowns looks great on paper. But realistically, his average is sitting around 7 to 8. That's where he's going to fall. Irv Smith Jr. is going to take an expanded role, potentially, despite what they say. And Dalvin Cook is still a top five running back in the NFL. Here's the thing. That offensive line, great. You made work. You made progress. If it doesn't deliver right away, sorry, there's not much you can do. I mean, Stevens is good enough to win you a couple games themselves. But if Cousins can't have time to throw, I mean, they were like 27th in passing yards this past year. I mean, they couldn't really get the ball moving. Now, that could be wrong. Somebody's going to fact check me on that. But they were like 27th in offensive yards. And I think the biggest component there is that, really, Cousins needs more time. If he has more time, they're going to be more successful. Simple as that. He does not get flustered. And I think the Vikings fans don't really appreciate the best quarterback they've had since Dante Culpepper. Maybe even better. Now, Minnesota has a chance here. They're going to go 7-10 and in my eyes. But the defense is really good. They could win 10 games. Simple as that. This could be a three-game flip where games that I have them losing to like Dallas and Pittsburgh, they could get back, you know, against Arizona, Seattle. They could flip those games. Let's go ahead and take a look at the graphic if you're watching on YouTube. If not, follow along. I have them beating Cincinnati, losing to Arizona, Seattle, Cleveland, games they could all win, uh, beating Detroit and Carolina before heading to their bye. Then they're going to lose to Dallas, Baltimore before beating the Chargers and Packers, losing to San Francisco, beating Detroit, and then right here is where the kicker is. I mean, they're going to be sitting at 6-6 six and six with five games left. Fortunately, I have them losing to Pittsburgh, Chicago, the Rams, Green Bay in a row before beating Chicago on the second game at home in Week 18. That's a hard stretch. Those last five games are difficult. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be very good, but they're still Pittsburgh. We have to be honest here. They have a decent defense, good quarterback play, bad offensive line, which could lead to some sacks. Again, Minnesota could win three or four of these games that I have them losing. But the way the schedule kind of shook out, I just think that there's going to be some tides that are going to turn, and I don't think their offensive line is going to develop and play that great now. Unfortunately for Kirk Cousins, he's on a very short leash. We'll see what happens at the end of 2021 because Kellen Mond's there. He's kind of waiting. He's scratching. You know, He's ready to go. But if the offensive line can block, the defense can get more sacks than they had the past couple of years and make some big old turnovers to kind of match this big play offensive style that all these playmakers on offense have, Minnesota could be a surprise team and get back in the playoffs in 2021. For me, though, 7-10 and 10 is where I got them. Now, the final division in the NFC is the NFC East or NFC Least, depending on how you view it. Of course, last year they weren't that great. But before we jump onto that, here's the problem. Unfortunately, here's the situation that there's so much parity in the NFC East. Everybody beats up on each other. When teams are beating up on each other, you know, if you go three and three in division, everybody else goes three and three. Of course, somebody's only going to win seven, eight, nine games. Now, I think the Philadelphia Eagles, we're going to get onto that, aren't going to be that good this year. But let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys, a team that I have going nine and eight and tying for that division title. Uh, they're going to lose it on a tiebreaker by virtue of having a worse divisional record. 
than the Washington football team. Spoiler. But let's kind of jump into their record right here. Now, they're going to lose to Tampa Bay and the Chargers off the bat, but then they're going to beat Philly, Carolina, lose the Giants. This is important to remember that. Beat the Patriots on their bye. Come back, beat Minnesota, Denver, lose to Atlanta, Kansas City before beating the Raiders. And then they're going to lose three games in a row to the Saints, football team giants again remember and then they're going to beat washington arizona philly unfortunately for them those two losses to the giants who have a pretty good defense competent offense are going to prevent them from winning the division and they're probably going to miss the playoffs in the spot they could sneak in again everything kind of determines on where everybody finishes week 17 18 they're gonna be fighting for that last playoff spot now here's the kicker remember when i was talking about chicago and andy dalton with dak prescott through four and a half quarter five games the Dallas Cowboys were scoring about 31 points per game. Now, without him, they were scoring about 18 and a half, 19 points per game. That's about an 11 to 12 point difference. That is huge. I get it. Dak, Zeke wasn't playing to his potential. He was kind of hurt. Offensive line was hurt. But here's the thing. That's a huge gap. Even if the Cowboys are scoring 25 points per game, that's seven points better than in 2020. Also, their first six picks... We're all defense. They followed the Carolina Panthers to 20. They followed the Carolina Panthers to 2020 and went all defense. And I think that's going to be a huge step for them. They've added some other playmakers here and there. They have maybe the best triplet receiving core in the NFL. The argument can be made for them. Obviously, maybe not as good as Tampa Bay, which we can really dive into that team because we don't got to dive into that team. But Dak Prescott makes this team better. He got paid. He deserves it. I don't care what anybody says. Zeke's going to play better than he did last year. Offensive line should be healthy. And with the fact that CeeDee Lamb, Cooper, the fact that CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup are fully healthy and ready to go as a great trio, should lead this offense to score 25 plus points a game. And if the defense can move from last place in the NFL and all, and they're not last, but I'm just saying really bad in the NFL to 20, this team could win nine games. Now, let's go ahead and jump on into the next team on this list, which is the New York Giants. Now, the New York Giants, I have going 7-10. and 10. Uh, Again, this whole thing of parity with everybody being equal, the Giants really could win a couple more games. They have a really good defense. Some people say top 10. I think they're going to finish around like 13-14 range. Uh, Barkley should be back and good, but I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I think he's a placeholder right now until they get their new guy next year or the year after. But he's got weapons everywhere. I mean, they already had Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Barkley coming back. Uh, and then they also have Evan Ingram. And then they went and added Kenny Galladay and Kyle Rudolph. You know, Rudolph's old, but he's a reliable guy to that offense. Now, it's a pretty decent offensive line. But if Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes can't get it done, it doesn't matter how good the rest of the team is. The quarterback can make or break a team by three or four losses. Simple as that. Or three or four wins if he's good. Let's take a look at the graphic here. Now, I have them beating Detroit, Denver before losing to Washington, Atlanta, New Orleans, beating Dallas, losing three more in a row to the Rams, Panthers, and Chiefs before beating the Raiders going on their bye. Now, I have them losing to Tampa Bay before beating Philly, Miami, losing to the Chargers, beating Dallas, again, as we already stated, losing to Philly because Philly's got to beat somebody, right? So I have them beating the Giants here uh, before losing to Chicago and then beating Washington in the final game, which could give Dallas potentially the divisional win. 7-10. and 10. It's still a little bit of an upgrade. It's a better team than last year. However, I don't think they're quite there. We don't know what Barkley's going to be like coming back. If Daniel Jones can't get it together, if he can't lead this team forward, it doesn't matter how good the defense is. 
they're not they're not a top three defense. They're not Tampa Bay. Like they're not the Rams. Sorry. You can try, but you're not those teams. And if you're not those teams, this isn't the Bears of 05 leading Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl. You know, the Ravens of 2000 taking Mark Brunel with him. They're not top one, two, three, four, five defense in the NFL. Simple as that. Danny Dimes, step it up. Otherwise, this team's going to go 7-10 and 10 and probably be looking for a new quarterback come 2022. Now, the final team on our list of this NFC prediction is the Washington football team. Ryan Fitzmagic is there. That's the thing. That is, it's, I mean, how are you going to beat a team that knows magic? And this guy can literally throw a dime with his neck cranked back all the way to here. Sorry if that light kind of got you. All the way over here. And that's magic, and that's fantastic. Ron Rivera is a great coach, future Hall of Fame coach. And what do we know about Ron Rivera's defenses are always really good. And Washington, unlike the Giants, has a better defense, top 10, potentially top 5. So what do they need to do to get over the hump, get better? Well, I have them going 9-8 this year. And they went out and they got big playmaker Curtis Samuel, play opposite Scary Terry. And they also got Antonio Gibson, who's going to take another step forward at running back. Really good offensive line. And if Fitzpatrick is going to be the leader like he's supposed to be. Sorry, Taylor Henneke. I don't believe in you, but whatever somebody does. Here's what I have them doing in 2021. I got them beating the Chargers and Giants starting off before they lose to Buffalo, like almost everybody will, and then beating Atlanta. Now, they have three difficult games in a row with the Saints, Chiefs, Packers before beating Denver, going on their bye. And they're going to come back, and they're going to surprise, and they're going to beat Tampa Bay. But they're going to be on too big of a high, big parade. Everybody's floating. They're going to lose to Carolina, lose Seattle. Before winning three in a row at the Raiders, Cowboys, Eagles, losing to Dallas on that that road game, beating Philly, and then losing to the Giants in Week 18. Could they beat Dallas and and the Giants and go 6-0 in their division and win 11 games? Absolutely. Could they lose to Dallas both times, lose the Giants both times, and potentially go 7-10? Absolutely. Magic runs out eventually. And eventually, you got to grow up, and it's not going to be there for you. I'm not trying to get all sad and depressed at everybody, but if Ryan Fitzpatrick can't start for all 17 games, and he's not the guy that we thought he was, they're going to be in a problem. But thankfully for them, their defense is going to be too good to make them a bad team. Their offensive playmakers are too good to make them a three-win team. Look for the football team to win their division based on divisional tiebreakers of going 4-2 and two in the division. But potentially this team could win more games. Chase Young's going to get better. I mean, I, there's so many playmakers. The defensive line is the greatest defensive line in the NFL. It's the best from left to right, top to bottom. They go 3-4, 4-3, doesn't matter. They're going to have studs all over the place on the defensive line. Good second unit, linebacking core. And on top of that, really good playmakers in the backfield of that defense. And that is going to do it for us here on Second and Short. Thank you guys for joining on in and coming back and listening to us. Real life stuff's been hitting me. But I'm back on this grind. We're back talking about NFL. And be ready for some more content coming forward. I mean, if you missed all this episode and you kind of want to jump into little things, you're watching on YouTube, type in all these links down here. We got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Everything's right there for you. TikTok. Daily content on TikTok. And one more thing before we do get out of here. I kind of want to give a shout out to one of my good buddies, uh, Jason Tesley. Uh, sorry. I want to give a shout out to one of my dynasty buddies, uh, Jason Teasley. Uh, He runs a podcast, and I kind of want to give a little quick quib about his podcast here. Now, if you love what I got going on, this NFL-based solo guy's opinion, 
it kind of just kind of goes by the book and there's really no debates here but if you want some more debate some kind of like round table some kind of like you know part of my take type stuff here's what i got for you guys the kickoff with harry broadhurst eric watkins jason teasley and kennedy eddings this is not your traditional football show. Rather than breaking down every single game like they do on second and short, we give you all the must-know information and then they debate. While encouraging each other to speak what they think, whether they are right or wrong, or just plain nuts. The kickoff has everything you like about a roundtable discussion among friends. And that is going to do it for us here on second and short. Go ahead and give the guys on the kickoff a nice little like, some subscribes, a follow. And be sure to tune in every week as we drop some more podcasts for you guys on Second and Short. Big surprise, we got a fantasy show coming up pretty soon. We got a new host coming on. We're going to have a new host for this show to kind of join me and get some more debates. Check out our website, secondandshortpodcast.com, where we got articles, YouTube videos, TikToks, every weekly podcast. It's all there for you. Thanks for listening, and you guys have a great day. Peace. Peace.